0: Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast that's all about energizing communities, advocating for change, and making a difference in the great state of Nebraska. We'll dive deep into the heart of Nebraska's progressive movement, exploring the stories, strategies, and initiatives that are shaping the political landscape. We're here to amplify the voices of candidates, local activists, and community leaders who are fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska. Swing Left Nebraska is your go-to resource for staying informed about key issues, upcoming elections, and how you can get involved. Whether you're a seasoned organizer, a concerned citizen, or someone who's looking to make a difference for the first time, we've got you covered. Get ready to be inspired and let's embark on this incredible journey together. Welcome. My name is Leah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time and your commitment to unpack the unicameral with Cindy Maxwell ozdak and I. In this episode, we'll be discussing the censure of Senator Mike McDonald, everything that happened last week in the unicameral, and what we can expect in the upcoming week. We have a lot of information to cover, so let's do a show. Sydney, welcome back to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. We have a lot of different things we're going to discuss today besides unpacking the unicameral. I want to start off right off the bat talking about uh, an interesting thing that took place on Saturday in Grand Island. I was actually there. The Nebraska Democratic Party censured State Senator Mike McDonald of Omaha. This was part of a months-long push to hold him accountable for his votes, enabling passage of a stricter abortion ban and limits on gender-affirming care. The party resolution that was passed on Saturday publicly reprimanded Mike McDonald after the passage last year of Legislative Bill 574 which the resolution said has adversely affected the reproductive rights of Nebraskan and the rights of transgender individuals in the state. Being a part of it was an emotional roller coaster. There was a lot of people that had strong feelings for the censure of Mike McDonald due to him being the vote that has removed rights for many Nebraskans. One person actually who identified as non-binary expressed concerns that the news coverage and public reaction to the censure measure would put more trans kids at risk of, the, of experiencing public backlash and blowback. It was just an emotional time, we have to say. But in the end, there was a lot of relief in the room after the vote was taken to make the official censure and stand up for human rights. Do you have anything to say about that, Cindy, I know you're Don't identify as a Democrat and you weren't there, but any thoughts on that whole situation?
1: Yeah. And thanks so much for talking with me today. Yeah, As an independent, I support many Democrats and the work that all of you do and the things we have followed this last year, the results of Senator McDonald's vote. He is, of course, term limited. I'm really looking forward now when we talk about Senator McDonald, his actual district is going to be up for election. So I think hopefully people will be really paying attention and digging in to look at the candidates that they will be voting on and making sure that they're finding people who align with their values. And we're not gonna find a candidate for our representation that will agree with everything. None of us agree with each other all the time. But when we talk about fundamental values and making sure that we are making no moves to restrict people's bodily autonomy. Nebraskans don't want the legislature making decisions for us regarding our reproduction. When we start a family, how we start a family, our healthcare, that's between us and our doctors. And it is really becoming clear here in the Nebraska legislature that there's so many extreme senators who are trying to impose their religious beliefs on the state. And I think it's just really... A sign that people want us to be more careful with who we actually elect to represent us.
0: I could not agree more. And it shows that the Democratic Party is for the people and for human rights. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I hope only positive things come out of this. I hope it shows young left-leaning voters that the Democratic Party will fight for the rights of all humans. We'll continue to keep our eye on where this ends up, you had mentioned candidates getting into the race. The filing deadline was March 1st, which was last Friday. I'm going to put the link in the show notes that will show you everybody who signed up to be a candidate. I'm also going to link the Nebraska Democrats 2024 candidates. So you know who you can count on uh, as Democrats that are running We are happy to see that almost every district has been filled with a candidate except for three with uh, either nonpartisan candidates or with Democrat to run in the race. So we have a really good uh, chance of hopefully electing some amazing people who, like you said, will align with the values of, I assume, (laughs) people who are listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'm still digging in on some of these races and trying to learn about the candidates. And I think this is a really good time to just remind everybody to make sure and follow up on your voter registration. Make sure it's up to date. And I talked to someone the other day who is had just registered to vote. It was a woman who has thought about it in the past, but people get caught up. You have work, jobs, school, kids. We get pulled in so many different directions. And she was talking with me about how she didn't go like she really understood all the various races. And she felt very strongly about one particular topic. She was very worried about reproductive rights and that we not be restricting anyone's decisions here in Nebraska to make their own healthcare choices. I said, it's not too late. You can register today. And if you take your mail ballot, which is the way I like to vote is vote by mail. But you can, of course, go in person early as the election commission, or you can vote on the day of the election. You have so many choices in Nebraska, and that's a good thing for our democracy. But it's really important to make sure that you register. And then for all of us that have previously registered, it's important that you check to make sure it's up to date and that you also complete the process when you send in your mail-in ballot regarding voter ID or that you are familiar with all of the different changes that have happened with voter ID. And I just I really can't stress that. Unless. Don't wait. Just go ahead and get registered and check your registration this weekend.
0: Yeah, you can go to votercheck.necbr.ne.gov slash voter view. Yes. But don't re- worry about remembering that because I'm going to link that in the show note. It's pretty easy. You just put your first and last name and your county and then you can see if you are still registered. I will leave a link in the show notes. About the information regarding the new voter ID law and what that all entails. That'd be awesome. Great. So let's move on to a big heavy week in the <laughs> unicameral. It was the last week of hearing bills, from my understanding. So it was really heavy, especially in judiciary. But let's start off with just a real quick hit, B855 that brought some attention to the fact that LPS was going after parents and families who had debt from not paying for school lunches. And it sounds like LPS took matters into their own hands and are no longer sending lunch debtors to collections, which is a huge relief for so many families and just a huge win. And it shows What the impact of bringing bills to the floor, what the impact they can do when media picks up the stories and brings attention to the situation. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I know there are still some other
1: districts across the state that do send parents to collections. So I hope they still move forward with LB 855, but I'm really glad that LPS um, decided to move ahead with this. So, yeah, very good news.
0: Yeah. And speaking of education, on Tuesday, Lippincott brought his bill, LB 1065, which aimed to hire chaplains as a school counselor without a certificate. And I was able to catch that hearing. It was pretty interesting. There were very little people who came in support of that bill, mostly religious people that believed that bringing religion into the classroom, specifically Christian religion, would help improve children and make everything better. We just had Jesus in the classroom is basically what they said. But there were many opponents of that bill, including many school counselors who came to speak against it, saying that it is important that children have a safe place to express their feelings without having an agenda behind the counseling. And like I've spoken to before, as a social worker, I spent many years, I'm still in debt for my education to be able to provide counseling services. And it's a kick in the teeth that someone without that kind of educational background would be able to go into a school and provide this critical counseling for students who may be experiencing trauma and may have other serious issues that would need the support of someone who has the education and experience to be able to provide them the adequate support. What are your thoughts? Really shocking. I think a lot of people are so surprised that we would have a senator
1: bring a bill that nominally would be inserting a specific viewpoint regarding religion to this counseling that you were discussing, But, but that we would want to make sure that we're passing a law that would ensure that we have people talking with students that aren't sort of, and it's just shocking to me that we would actually think that was a good idea. And I was glad to see so many people come out in opposition to that bill. I hope they don't go anywhere with it and we can just move on and focus on solutions for our state because this is something that would just be dangerous to so many students that have very, very serious needs and we need professionals to help them with
0: I agree. Now, moving on to Wednesday, HHS, there was an interesting hearing with some bills that were introduced by Michaela Kavanaugh. I know you wanted to speak to that. So help us understand what all went down.
1: HHS was very interesting this week. I am someone who has such a uh, love for our state and for the Um, neighbors and the legislature, I obviously am someone who believes that we could be working to help increase not only safety and security and health in our state, but to make sure that we're doing it in a way that is transparent so that we can be providing the best solutions. And Senator Kavanaugh brought two bills in HHS that would have brought transparency regarding reporting in DHHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services. They administer TAN which is temporary aid to needing families. And if you look at previous reporting, our rainy day fund for the TAMP's actual monies are not being distributed well to Nebraskans. And Senator Kavanaugh was trying to increase the reporting so that we could have the legislators really dig in and try to understand why. And then there was another bill she brought the same day regarding Medicaid and a report that would help with understanding not only during the unwinding process and people who have been administratively kicked off the roles, but to try and understand how that's been happening and making sure that we could improve that process and help Nebraskans who are eligible for Medicaid to receive those really important health benefits. And it was shocking. It was really fascinating to watch an HHS live stream that day from Nebraska Public Media and the reactions from the senators faces when the DHHS representative came and they actually testified in opposition. I think some people might remember Senator Wayne had brought a bill earlier this year to require the administration or the executive branch to always testify in neutral capacity because their position regarding the actual bill is not what we should be looking for during their testimony. We should be looking for how they would actually be implementing the laws that the legislators are considering. And so this is one instance where it would have been really important if DHHS had come in neutral, because I believe that it looked like these reporting bills were intended to go on consent calendar. Consent calendar are uh, bills and uh, resolutions of the legislature where they have no opposition. Many of them are like technical in nature, where they're clean up, or they're just really good common sense. No one is opposing it. And it's something that when it comes before the legislature, they could quickly vote and move on. But if there is opposition testimony, then it is difficult um, regarding consent calendar. And so it was really tense in that uh, hearing that day. And we really need to take a step back and look at the big picture and ask ourselves why The Nebraska state government, our actual government, they're doing this on our behalf with our authority. Why would they want to not be transparent with our dollars? Why would they resist reporting about how they're serving our neighbors who are eligible for this funding and really just troubling to have this kind of theme The next day in HHS, in fact, there was a briefing schedule with Dr. Tesmer. A lot of people would remember that Senator Kavanaugh had brought a bill to repeal FB 574. This bill was one that she withdrew, but in its place, Chairperson Hansen had worked to create this briefing that was going to take place with the CMO, the Chief Medical Officer, Tesmer to come in and talk about the rules and the regulations and how the implementation's going and the impact. And he didn't come. They had a letter that Senator Hansen read from legal department at HHS. And it was really disappointing because we really expected that our administration would be transparent. Why aren't they coming to brief the legislature about how this has been Implemented, it's such a chaotic process that it was all passed. Let alone now with the implementation. And Senator Cabanera had listed 19 questions, printed them out. In facts that she was going to be asking Dr. Tesmer. So I really recommend people go and they take a look. They're common sense questions, things that we all should be understanding. I think it'd be a good idea to make sure and ask your legislator to be pressing the Department of Health and Human Services to be more forthcoming and transparent with what they're doing with our tax dollars and on behalf of our neighbors.
0: Yes. So we will definitely be keeping our eyes peeled on that and providing information on any updates with that. Along those lines, 1086, introduced by Senator Lynn Waltz of Fremont, would eliminate the current umbrella structure of DHS, the largest state agency that we were just speaking of. The department would instead be broken into three on July 1st, 2025. The Children and Family Services, Public Health, and Healthcare. The first two, Children and Family Services and Public Health, would evaluate existing divisions while the Department of Healthcare would be composed of three divisions of behavioral health, development disabilities and Medicaid and long-term care. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I really think this is an interesting proposal. And when we talk about how this is such a large piece of our Nebraska state government and how so much of this is concentrated with just one division, it might be a good idea to separate this out. I think that it really makes a lot of sense. And I think in any case, no matter what happens with that bill, it will hopefully add to the conversation about how we have better expectations and we deserve better from HHS here in
0: our state. We will keep our eyes peeled on that one as well. Now, under LB 1357, introduced by Mike Bedell, would place signs where camping along streets is prohibited And designate campsites would be created to have facilities and outreach personnel for substance abuse and mental health issues. If people didn't move, McDonald's bill would allow them to be charged with a Class 3 misdemeanor, which is punishable by up to three months in jail and a $500 fine. One committee member, Senator Terrell Kenney, said that an adequate social safety net isn't being funded and that sending the homeless to jail would just exasperate their financial problems and add to overcrowded jails. So that was a pretty heated committee hearing, I'd say. There were a few proponents of the bills, but a lot of opponents of the bills, including a half dozen residents of the homeless encampment at Holy Family uh, who testified against the bill as did several advocates for them. What are your thoughts on that? I
1: just really think that this particular legislation is not only wrongheaded, but it's just cruel. And it's something that really points out where we're looking for legislators who would be finding solutions for our neighbors and criminalizing our homeless neighbors, actually targeting them. And not uh, helping to hopefully address the underlying issues is just not the way most Nebraskans want our legislature to be handling this. I recommend, if anyone has a few minutes, to take a minute and watch that hearing and to listen to how these different policies impact. They're real people. And these people who are in these situations, it could be any of us. We never know what we're gonna be faced with. And I think that what Senator McKinney was bringing up is really true. We've had a history of not addressing some of the services that would help people to even avoid being in that situation. And I hope that they don't move anywhere with that and that we can just really focus on getting to the business of really helping Nebraskans across the state and not targeting them for criminalization.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, another wonderful thing, actually positive on Thursday, lawmakers voted to approve legislation for the distribution of hypodermic needles to reduce the spread of infectious diseases in Nebraska. It's LB-307, which was introduced by Senator Megan Hunt of Omaha. It actually passed a final round of debate, 30 to 7, without discussion. The bill would allow local jurisdictions to authorize community-based syringe services programs known as SSPs or needle exchange programs which facilitate the safe use of disposable of syringes. So that was wonderful to see a positive bill being passed last week.
1: It was. When we think about the seven senators voted no. It's hard to understand why someone would not want to increase safety and health in our state. But I am so glad that this has moved forward. It's now sitting on the governor's desk. So we'll be waiting for him to either sign it or just let it pass into law without any action. And obviously, we hope that he won't veto it. But yeah, so it's good to see some positive legislation moving forward.
0: Another bill in judiciary was LB 970, introduced by Lippincott, who proposed using execution by nitrogen hypoxia. That was a pretty intense hearing, I must say. There were a lot of Uh, opponents to that bill. Did you catch that hearing?
1: I did. I personally oppose the death penalty. I would say that Nebraskans are very concerned that the death penalty is heavy, right? This is a really important and serious and unfortunate thing that we asked the government to take out on our behalf. And we would not want to do it in a way that is unnecessarily cruel. And this experiment that we saw in the other state that utilize this form of execution it sounds like the person actually was appraised dead for, for a very long time it took quite a while to actually stop breathing and it is something that we just would not want to be done on our behalf here so that same day is when senator mckinney had his bill which would bring more transparency to the executions that might take place in our state where it would require that we have a certain number of people in attendance and that the curtains would stay open and not be closed like they were the last time we had an execution in our state. So I know there's a lot of focus on having the requirement that there be legislators there to observe. But the transparency piece, I think, is really important. I do not support the death penalty. But I do support Senator McKinney's bill to make sure and ensure that transparency.
0: Yes. As we keep saying, something we'll keep paying attention to and provide updates as they come. Another thing I know you wanted to discuss that took place on Thursday was the forecasting board. Can you unpack that for our listeners? There's a lot. And I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert. But
1: I really learn a lot when I watch the Nebraska Forecasting Board. They meet twice a year and they had their hearing on Thursday. It's on the Progressive Legislative Study Group YouTube page. We're so glad that Nebraska Public Media has been broadcasting that the last years. It was fascinating to watch the deliberations that these people go through when they're working to make such an important decision. The legislature uses this information as they're going through the appropriations and budgeting process. And that's why they need to wait until after the forecasting board before they um, consider some of these really important large bills that have to do with our tax dollars. So the forecasting board gave a temporary increase to our revenues. The long-term forecast is more what the question that we should be all taking a serious look at and making sure that we're not putting our state in a bind with the upcoming cuts to revenue with the income tax decrease. Last year, they put income tax cuts for the corporations and individuals. Unfortunately, we all remember they did not include the lowest brackets in that uh, deal, but those cuts are going to really have an impact on our ability to balance out with the services going forward. So every single year that is being implemented, it's actually putting deeper. And I think it'll be fully implemented in 27. So it's definitely something to keep our eye on.
0: Definitely something to keep our eye on. And speaking of keeping our eye on, aren't I good at these little segues here? Voters might have a say this fall, after all, in the future of Nebraska's first major school choice law in years. Evnen, the state secretary, declined to boot the measure in response to a complaint letter by State Senator Lou Ann Linehan of Omaha, who authored the Opportunity Scholarship Act. In his response letter to Linehan on Thursday, he wrote that the case law and previous attorney general opinions leave him little room to read referendum. So that is great. Let the voters vote, right?
1: Absolutely. And I have to say, I push back a little bit whenever I read some of the articles and they use the terminology, quote unquote, school choice. We do have school choice in Nebraska now. Parents can choose to send their children to public school. They can choose to send them to private school. They can choose to send them to, they've got some hybrids, people homeschool. I know a lot of people, when we talk about private education, have very strong feelings. And I myself... And someone who supports all education for our student, we need to make sure that we have these options, but we should not be using our public dollars to fund private schools that actually don't serve all students. So many of these private schools would not admit or accept students either from different religious backgrounds, even certain disability or special education needs, and um, LGBTQ status, either of the student or their parent. So these are schools that traditionally people may be receiving scholarships. People make their donations. We shouldn't be sending public dollars into that process. And in fact, Nebraska has a constitution and our constitution very clearly says that our public dollars should stay with public schools. And anytime this has come up for a vote, it's always been a resounding affirmation of that idea and Secretary uh, Edmund did the right thing to make sure and follow through and confirm his previous decision to put this on the ballot. There were over 117,000 people. We just can't forget that in three short months this last summer, almost 120,000 people signed to make sure and get this on the ballot. And Senator Linehan wants to do an end run around that process. She's doing everything possible to keep it off the ballot because she knows very likely, probably has polling, who knows, to indicate that it will not be favorable to her Opportunity Scholarship Act. So I was really interested in the Omaha World Herald article about this. Senator Linehan told the reporter that she is going to ask the legislature to move forward on a lawsuit. People need to sit back and realize Senator Linehan wants to actually use the levers as a legislator to continue to have the legislature spend more money and more resources to divert their attention to other solutions for our state on a lawsuit against voting on this issue. It just doesn't make sense to me. The Lincoln Journal-Star had an editorial in the paper this weekend regarding the second house being in danger of losing its voice. And I think that big picture is what people need to focus on. We have a senator who's trying to uh, make sure that we can't vote on this. And if LB1402 passes, she has promised to sunset the uh, Opportunity Scholarship Act that would make the repeal on the ballot moot. So I think it's important that everyone hopefully has their legislator in their contacts on their phone and they pick up the phone this weekend right now, take a quick moment, make a call and tell their senator Do you want them to vote no on LB1402. Let Nebraskans vote.
0: That is right. Let Nebraskans vote. Moving on to another bill that was introduced by Senator Jen Day of Grotna, LB1224, said that Nebraska's laws outlining stalking haven't kept up with technologies like Apple AirTag that can be hidden on a vehicle and used to track someone else's movements without their knowledge as well. It's something I never even thought about. Uh, She had mentioned in the hearing that you can put an air tag into someone's purse at a bar and then follow them from the bar in situations like that. What are your thoughts? It's just, it's terrifying.
1: I recommend people watch that hearing as well because it was shocking to me to see how easy it is for people to track without our consent. And obviously, we talk about domestic violence and people that you unfortunately are dealing with, someone who wants to control their partner or somehow stalk them. But then, even in just stranger danger situations. Yeah, this is a really important bill, and I hope they move forward with it.
0: I hope they move forward with it as well. Uh, another bill introduced by Senator Day of Omaha, legislative Bill 1262, would have the commission contract with a consultant with expertise in tribal issues to study and determine any barriers to voting and equal representation for Indian tribes in Nebraska. That's really cool.
1: Yes, this is important legislation. I hope that they move forward with that. There should be really close look to see how we can make sure and and improve access to voting. And we have seen this in other states where there were active attempts to restrict or repress when we talk about the tribes in other states, we want to make sure that we're going in the right direction in Nebraska. And that's this bill.
0: Cindy, as we wrap up, we don't have any hearings to be paying attention to with bills being introduced. What should we be doing with our time next week?
1: Getting in touch with your senator because they're going to now be moving to Florida to Bay um, full time. And the case will pick up as far as some of the potential bills that they'll be moving forward on. And everyone should keep their eye on the priority bills because um, priority bills are the only ones that they're probably going to have time to get to. For the most part, Speaker Arch said that he'll be waiting until the end of the session for more controversial bills. There's pros and cons to that. But I guess in the meantime, let's hope that they spend their time on really necessary solutions and get some good legislation passed in these very short days of this short session.
0: Absolutely. And you can count on us to be back next week in your ears with more updates, more things that you can do to stay involved and stay engaged. And with that, I think we will wrap this up. Cindy, thank you again for all your time and energy that you bring to this podcast and giving us this information so that we Are aware of what's happening and we can uh, continue to stay civically engaged. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. Our show aims to provide you with the latest updates on progressive politics and grassroots initiatives across the state. We appreciate your support and believe that your voice plays a critical role in shaping a brighter, more inclusive, future for all nebraskans if you enjoyed today's episode and align with our mission to drive positive change please take a moment to share this pod with your friends family and fellow nebraskans let's work together to grow our community of passionate progressives and make our collective voice heard let's mobilize let's take action let's go
1: ready set go get ready to go